Lay. Sir. Yeah. Yeah. Kane is in the building. Yeah. Alright, already the show goes on all night. Till the morning we dream so long. Anybody ever wonder when they would see the thunder? Just remember when it comes to the show. And welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Always Pressing PGA DFS Podcast. Here to preview the 2023 Sanderson Farms Classic, I guess. Championship. 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 Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. So the dumbest disrespect for the uh, alt events is what I'm going to call them now because the way it's structured. Uh, you can find myself on Twitter at BD Entrick. My co-host is always on Twitter at DFS Golf Gods. How are we doing, my friend? Jesse. I'm well. How are you? Good. Good. Doing well. Um, something took place over the weekend. I guess we might talk about it for a little bit here. Um, U.S. got stomped yet again because of an, I'm watching that with so much incompetence, so blatant incompetence to me, uh, and just the idea behind putting a team together. But that's a whole long conversation. So, what are your takes on the Ryder yeah. Cup? Because we deserved every bit of that. Is the way I see it. Yeah, I don't. I you know, I in hindsight, obviously, my takes last week were cold. Um, I really expected them to play better. Uh, the big difference was the um, the alternate shot, um, seven to one, an alternate shot. Mm-hmm. That's just uh, really a huge deficit to overcome in singles um, when it comes down to it. But yeah, it, it's hard for me. Like I've, I've had, I've thought about this quite a bit because you know what? What's the issue? Like in my opinion, it has to be the the captain. Um, now, whether you, it's captain's picks, yada, 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 I think that's debatable. Um, but, like, how do these guys, like, listen to and respect Zach Johnson when they have done, done – all of these guys have done nothing but just completely beat the shit out of Zach Johnson in every tournament he's ever played in that these guys are in, you know? I, I know Zach is a Masters champion, but I don't even remember him ever being on a Ryder Cup team ever. Like, how, how did Zach get to be the fucking captain of this thing? I've wondered that for a long time, ever since it was discussed. Like at least Furick, you know, there's like a respect, you know, with Furick, him and Tiger, Stricker. And boys, Strick, like a lot of those guys. Like there was like a legacy kind of built up behind these guys. ZJ just felt like he fell into this one. Like where did yeah, you? Like, just... Where because like even Freddie Couples, who I think I got some hot takes on him as well, but he's an older guy that's played longer. Like wouldn't he be the captain before ZJ type you thing? Would think like you know, the whole yeah. idea of ZJ because. He's still playing in a lot of events, not because it was a captain trying to play with players. He's still playing in events. Like, there's a difference right. there. And um, it, I agree. It felt really weird. And even just watching him walk around, watching him in his press conferences, uh, Tron Carter had a great, I think it was Tron or somebody, had a great tweet that ZJ's rolling around on his golf cart with his agent in the front seat. And he says, I've seen enough. This is what's wrong with all of this. Like, why is your <laughs> agent in the front seat? Like, what are we doing here? Um, it just seemed like a, horrible captain's choice even before this event like a lot of this will be hindsight conversation yeah, that we're gonna yeah. have here it's easy to say it now but i still, never i never I mean, understood it for one bit yeah i mean it's just the whole the whole deal from the beginning to me was was odd i mean obviously picking jt you can debate that he didn't play very well but he outplayed fucking jordan yep. spieth i and mean he, he absolutely power. carried jordan spieth on the back nine on friday yes um Jordan couldn't hit it on the planet. And then he turns right back around and rolls both of those guys out for alt shot. And they did somehow only lose two and one. Um, But I just feel like there was maybe a different combo there. Uh, Maybe sit Jordan since he couldn't 
keep the ball in play in the last nine holes of that match. Um, they lost the first three holes. So, I mean, that's there you go. And I don't know what the fuck happened to Scotty Scheffler on Friday or Saturday morning. Um, that's bizarre to lose nine and seven. Real him bad. and Brooks. They I mean, were sick. Is, they, they, I think they shot a 41 on the front. Well, they lost the first four holes. Yeah. And then tied one, lost the next one, tied one, and lost the next four. I, I think mean, I saw somewhere like the first four, the Euros went, they had like three pars and a birdie, and they somehow won all four holes. That does not <laughs> happen in alt shot. I'm sorry. At best, you should be up one. At best. <laughs> yeah. I, I wish I could have seen some of that alt shot. I mean, obviously, they were starting that shit at yeah, two. I was, I was well in my time. I did watch it. I did watch a lot of the, 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 uh, best ball matches, and I felt like we competed decently well in that, but there was some absolute meltdowns coming down the stretch. Yeah. Um, in particular, on Friday, you know, Scheffler and Kepka lose the last hole. Shouldn't happen. Oh, no. um, and uh, Homa and, and Wyndham Clark, I mean, he melted under the pressure quite a few times, a few especially times, on 18. Yeah. Uh, they lost the last two to, to have that match. I mean, that's a full point. There's So there's, you know, a full point there. Um, at minimum, uh, that that we could have had back uh, Morikawa and, and Xander got absolutely boat raced by Rory and Fitzpatrick, who was just hot. But yeah, I mean, you know, in in with that being said, I thought we had a a, a chance even late Sunday um, to try to pull this thing out, and you know, obviously, it just it would have taken some perfect golf and somehow Scheffler lost the last hole and it was pretty much over when Scheffler lost that last hole with the rest of these guys and a bunch of European flags up there. Like, it was kind of like, this is over and done with. So, yeah, I mean, I think we, there's some soul-searching to do. I think the one big thing, you know, I, I think you you probably know more about this than I do, but there was the, the money aspect was brought up, you know, via Xander or whatever. I don't know much about it. If you want to talk about it, you can, but I feel like, the one huge thing is the Europeans care a lot more. I, that's the only thing I can figure out, you know? Yeah. Like the, Justin Rose had a comment that made me really like it set it all into perspective. He says a great European pairing or a great Ryder cup pairing doesn't mean pairing you with your friends. And that like yeah, is a I dagger for one, but makes, yeah. uh, makes a lot of sense also. Makes yeah. a ton of sense because that's one of the things that has annoyed me to the end for a lot of years. And the U.S. gotten away with it in President's Cups, of course, because that's just a, a you just out and, and almost caught up with them in Australia recently. It did. So, um, but and then you know, you go to Whistling Straits where it's just a bomber's paradise and they could do no wrong at that point. But you go to these kind of courses, and there's got to be a point when, like, tell me Keegan Bradley wouldn't have been a great choice over a couple of those guys, just the way he's played yeah. up. Tell me, like, um, there, there's a handful of guys that even Finau, like he played Finau. great in Paris. Like yeah. he's got that approach game. There's all these little things that maybe just because they're not in the clicks doesn't mean they're not better for the win. I think that's something that really has to be. Um, and we say this, and we said the same thing after Paris. So it's like, this is just a broken record. We go to Europe, we get the shit kicked out of us. This is what we do. Um, but there, and there's a part where, you know, they set the course up and we talked about it last week, even previewing it, that it's a great, um match play type course especially mm-hmm. the back nine and you look at a lot of those those uh rounds the u.s was either tied or winning so many times in the front nine and yeah. then you just watch it slowly fall apart on the back it's like they knew exactly how to get to us like they and they said a lot of the approach shots were between 150 and 180 because the u.s is about bombing it and wedging it now you have to actually have an approach game that's, yeah. that's a big factor in it 
Um, that's good on them. That's good on the Euros. And that's bad on the U.S. for not doing their stupid math. Also, uh, pointed out many times, why are the U.S. people not going and playing tournaments at these golf courses? Why are we not that like literally that's like saying, hey, go hop in a, a NASCAR and go race Daytona tomorrow. Like figure it out. kid. <laughs> like that might be an like, extreme, but you know what I'm trying to say? It's I know like, what you're saying. Come on. like it's, well, We know it's, course it's, history matters. We do. Tremendously. It's, it's such a, a, a big event and such a huge event that you quote unquote say that you take so much pride in. Well, take some pride and get off your ass and go over there and play for a few little extra dollars and figure it out. Like yeah. it seems pretty simple to me, but I'm with you. I think there's a lot of, uh, soul searching to do on the, on the, on the, uh, I mean, I think we say this every year. I think we've said it every other year that, 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 that it's been over in Europe, like got to figure it the fuck out. And then we come back to America and we set it up like the way we want to. And we, you know, and we win 19 and nine, like we did two yeah. years ago. So, and then we'll, so we'll be content after Beth page when they do the same thing. Yeah, and Beth Page could be interesting, actually. I I, um, I I do think it's like it. Something else you got to consider is like the the um, shotgun start guys playing over yeah. on that tour. Like I do think you got to give a lot more look at 100%. Bryson when, yeah. in particular. Gooch, um, Gooch. I think Gooch is great. He's playing good golf though. Like, DJ, it. yeah, yeah. I mean, um, I don't know. Maybe yeah, when the merger happens, that, that, that might change there. by the time we have our next. <laughs> Ryder Cup, that is true, especially if most guys go to Team Smash, according to Brooks Kefka. So you got that going. <laughs> like I was busy doing stuff. I, the first thing that pops up when I loaded up Twitter was that that tweet by Brooks. Yeah. I just laughed. I'm like, yeah, he's stir a troll, the man. pot, buddy. Mm-hmm. Stir the pot. I love it. Absolutely yeah. love it. Uh, especially now with the news on Monday of Xander saying he almost got kicked out of the whole thing because he was fighting a part of the agreement which made it even funnier seeing him in a smash shirt. I'm like, Oh, this is awesome. So I guess bizarre. the biggest thing, the biggest thing he wanted is he wanted it where Netflix couldn't bring their cameras into the locker room. And that was like PGA. Apparently it wasn't the, the leaders at the PGA. When they heard about this, they squashed it. But I guess like the, the lawyers were saying, no, this is part of the deal. Blah, blah, blah. We're going to kick you off the team. That's why it seems like Xander didn't go practice with the guys. It was that weekend. And then he found out that next Monday he was still on the team. So, um, Kind of interesting stuff there, of course. But um, the Euros also the big three of Rom, Rory, and Vic just beat the snot out of the big three of the U.S. And that's another big thing to take home. Um, If they even split those, obviously a whole different tournament. So uh, the domination factor was there. Max Homa is the GOAT. Yeah, Max played well. Gave me so much joy. Max was a good surprise. Um, uh, you know, for being a rookie, I think he played very well. Uh, Ricky, you no, know, Wyndham was surprising how bad he was most of the time. I do feel like ZJ, if he was smart, would have put Cantlay out first. That's just my own personal thoughts on it. Number one, because he's slow as shit, so he pisses everybody off behind him. Um, but number two, he was playing the best on after Saturday. I mean, like – he birdies three in a row and buries that 35-footer there. We didn't even talk about Rory and Joe LaCava getting into it. Did you see yeah, this? Yeah, that was awesome. Well, it started on the green, of course, and then yeah. it just kept going from there. The whole the whole hat thing, I I didn't really understand. I it, It's still beyond me why they well, – the, I mean, the, that's something else about money, basically, too, right? Well, that's what they're saying, but now it's coming out like, of course, Cantley says the right thing and says, no, not at all. It wasn't about it. And then the report today, which is funny – Cantley's getting married today in over there um, outside of Rome or wherever. 
So he even came out and said, hey, I didn't want to wear a hat to have a a hat tan line for my wedding photos. Now, still sounds silly, but does make a little bit of sense at the same time. I kind of get, get both it. sides of it. I get so, it. Makes um, sense to me. It's just so much stuff. Like when all hell's breaking loose, you look for every problem in the world. Like Ricky getting benched for all of Saturday. That started a whole new thing. And um, there's so much drama. That's the other thing. It's like it's easy not to have drama when you're winning. So Europe right. just kind of did their thing. But man, just the inner just turmoil it seemed like was just insane this year yeah. like I, I hope netflix does get some of it i'll tell you that much because i'm real curious to see how that plays out yeah they, they'll put it on it, it, it whatever netflix gets like it'll be shit we already know that's like true. you know what i mean like that's how it was last time i'll watch it but i'm not gonna yeah. get my hopes up this time um daniel rapaport he works from barstool now you think there used to be golf digest or something mm-hmm. um he made an interesting point that that does seem intriguing because he says he said it's going to be like this every year if you know you get to pick your venue and get to do whatever you want to the course like us is going to do their thing europe's going to do their thing he said what would be really cool is if okay the host country like us can pick beth page but then you have a a combination of euro and us independent people that they are the ones that set it up that would be i I think that's intriguing i think that's intriguing because then it can it's basically an even playing field it's like a neutral course you can pick which one you want to go to, but then they get to make you basically go, hey, you can't bomb it here. You still, you can hit it 340, but past that, like we're not letting you get any like stuff like that. Mm-hmm. That could be interesting, I think. Yeah, I saw that. He was basically saying that analytics is ruining the Ryder Cup, more, more or less, because of the way that, that the golf There's, courses are getting set up because yeah. of analytics. Yeah, I, I don't disagree. I mean, well, the last two haven't really necessarily been that close on – on Sunday. So, um, I don't remember the third one, the whatever, wherever that was in Paris. I don't remember how that one turned out necessarily, but yeah, yeah I mean, I, I, you know, I, I don't disagree with that. I mean, everybody's playing the same course. So, yeah, I, I think that'd be quite interesting, but we'll see. We'll look back on this in four years and see if any of this complaining actually mattered or if we do the same song and dance all over again, because yeah. it just feels like we did the same thing in Paris four years, five years ago, whatever it was. And they're just not, not changing, like I said, then they'll get content because they'll go and blast the doors off them at Beth Page potentially, and it's rinse and repeat. But I don't know because the Euro, the young Euros actually start bombing the ball now. So that could yeah. be a little more interesting. Like another year with Aberg and Hogard and those guys. You got Rombo, you got Matt. Like they, got, they do got some hitters now. So it's not like the old days with Poulter and all them where they're not hitting it far at all. So Yeah, for sure. Might, might be a little tighter. But as you guys can tell, we could talk the Ryder Cup probably the entire show. But we do have the Sanderson Farms, yes, a real golf tournament in the United States of America that starts on Thursday with a just loaded field of golfers, an amazingly loaded field. Um, <laughs> so let's talk about the Sanderson Farms because I'm a degenerate, so I'll play DK. Um, what do you got for some past event history? Because you got one of the best cock trophies on the planet if you win this thing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's a it's a great trophy. Uh, so last year, Mackenzie Hughes was a champion, seventeen under in a playoff over Sepp Straka. Twenty twenty one was Sam Burns, twenty one on twenty two under one shot over Watney and Cam Young. Uh, twenty twenty was Sergio Garcia, one shot over Peter Malnati. Twenty twenty nineteen, uh, Sebastian Munoz, uh, eighteen under playoff over uh, Sungjae M. Cameron Champ, 2021 uh, or 2018 winner, uh, four shots over Corey Connors, Ryan Almer, Peter Malotti, Nick Taylor, Scott Stallings, Chris Kirk, past champions. Other than that, 
That's your most recent anyways. Yeah, this is going to be a birdie fest, as you'd expect. But if you paid attention to the names that Jesse mentioned, you you can be a bomber, you can be a plotter. It does not matter here. It's a lot like Silverado. It's a course comp you get. Um, you can see a, kind of some of that next week at the Shriners. Uh, it's it's a lot of um, kind of narrow fairways, but with trees, but not as not as dense as Silverado was. It's a par uh, par 72, 7,461 yards. So not super small, but not long by any means. Uh, water's on five holes. The par fives are extremely gettable and need to be got. That's the way to look at that one. They're 550 to 600. You need to get birdies on those. Uh, most of the par fours are four to 450. A tremendous amount of your approach shops are going to be one to 150. So wedge play is going to be huge. And that's why like you can hit three woods and still probably be like 150 out on most holes. And that'll, that'll keep you out of trouble. So like driving distance is awesome because obviously the wedge game will be different. But it's going to turn into find as many fairways as possible and then stroke gains luck box putting. That's what most of this tournament's going to be. There are bunkers around. It's it's very similar to Silverado. That's the best way I could put it. Very, very similar to what we saw then. And I expect to see a birdie barrage again with a wild leaderboard come Sunday. So might be a lazy uh, course preview, but that's pretty much what it is. Nothing too crazy. So what do you got for some stats you're looking for? Yeah, I mean, it's a lot of the same shit. Uh Starts getting approach, range and regulation, um, birdie, long-term birdie score is what I weighed on uh, DraftKings. Um, uh, a lot of course history. I mean, you, I think you hit the nail on the head. I mean, it's basically just a, your normal resort course. Uh, better make a shit ton of birdies over four days in order to yeah. win. Think, think some. I wouldn't. Yeah, I think like TPC courses. Think those kind of things. Like guys that do well in birdie fest. I have good course history here. Let's put it that way. Like KH Lee is going to pop in this one. And we, we always call him TPC KH Lee. So you got that going for you. But let's get cracking on some DK on this event. We have four guys over 10K. One, I'm still curious if he's making that grand voyage across the pond here. Ludwig Aberg is um, – oh, and I did see this in the coverage. Um, I can't remember if it was Rick Gaiman or it was Rappaport was sitting next to a – Scandinavian reporter and ask him the proper way to pronounce the last name. And over there, it's a bear. But the reporter said an acceptable U.S. pronunciation is a So part of me is like, are you trying to tell us we're not smart enough to say a bear? <laughs> well, you know what's <laughs> weird about that, though? Like on the coverage, they were calling him O-Bear. Which... Maybe it's Obear than the guy that typed typed it wrong. We'll just know, if, but, hey, if they accept Aberg, that's what yeah, we'll stick with. Yeah, we're gonna stick with Aberg. I just want to throw that out there. That was an interesting little nugget across the deal. He's the most expensive guy at 10-9, rightfully so in this field. I don't think he's gonna make the trip, but you never know. Young kid, he's 80th in the world. He probably wants to work up the ladder. It's a great event to do it if he's coherent enough to make it happen. Uh Jaeger Bombs is 10-4, Eric Cole is 10-3, and Emiliano Grillo is 10-1. So what gets you started in the 10K range? Yeah, I mean, it's pretty obvious. Aberg is the the class of this field, which is weird because he is he just turned pro in the middle of the summer, and but he played the fucking Ryder Cup um, and played well at the Ryder Cup too. Uh, so uh, other than that, obviously, uh, Jaeger is playable. I do like Eric Cole. He finished uh, missed a cut here last year, but hasn't missed a cut on tour since the Charles Schwab way back in May. Um, so I think if I'm up here – and assuming that uh, Aberg is not in the field, it'd be Eric Cole, but I don't think I'll be alone in that. Yeah, Cole's expected to be popular. I've heard that name quite a bit over tweets. I haven't listened to anything yet, but tweets-wise, 
Cole looks popular. I love the idea of Steven Yeager just because if it's a birdie fest, a par five type deal. He did finish 45th at the Fortinet, but he finished the season on a strong note. We were riding him quite a bit, and he's finished 30th, 26th for the last two years. So I like that. I am really curious. If Cole is chalky, Emiliano Grillo at 10-1 has my attention. Fifth year last year, he's made four straight cuts at this event. Uh, did not play at the Fortinet, but you know he all, got all the way to the Tour Championship. He played really well to finish out the season, finished 10th in Minnesota. That's another course comp, uh, TPC Twin Cities. So Emiliano Grillo at 10-1 could be a little bit of interesting um, pivot off of a chalky Garrett Cole, but I like the idea of Cole I think is great. If you're playing 20 max, I'd probably still have a good amount, but Jaeger and Grillo I think are awesome pivots off of Eric Cole. 9K range, you got Keith Mitchell at 99, Bear at 96, uh, SH Kim at 94, Hostler at 92, Dougie Gim at 91, and Adam Svensson at 9K. Who do you like in this range? Yeah, the model doesn't like much. Um, is it SH Kim? Is that what? That's what I'm going with. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. Because on here, it's, and I thought it was SH Kim, but on here on labs, it's, Siung Hyung. Mine says Siung Hyung, but I'm just going with SH. I think it's SH, though, like that's what most people call them, right? Yep. That's yeah. what I'm going with. That's what we'll go with. SH. I like it. Because I can I, there's zero percent chance I pronounce that correct. <laughs> um <laughs> I do like him. 13th here last year, coming off a second place finish at the Fortnite. Uh before that was very up and down, so he's nowhere near a cash play, but um, is definitely playable at 9,400, especially in GPPs. And then Doug Gim, man, I only like two guys in this range. It's, it's There's some names here, but there's only like two two guys I'm willing to click on. The other one is Doug Gim. Didn't, he's never played here, uh, but finished seventh of the, 17th of the fortnight. Um, basically has made every cut on U.S. soil since uh, the, Herit- or the Texas Open back in April. So playing well um, when, he's, uh, when he's in the U.S., and uh, I think he might get a kind of breakout win this year. Did you see also, too, that he is now touting DraftKings? Buggy Gim is? Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's outstanding. Uh, Mayo must love that because he calls him the Gim Reaper. That's his boy. So <laughs> the fact that he's touting DraftKings, that's just like yin and yang stuff there. Yeah. Oh, dude. We didn't even talk about it. What? Did you see our boy Sungjae and Siwoo got a yes. Gim from the military yeah, service? Yeah. That's That's huge. I, Oh, yeah. that is so tremendous. I was talking yeah. with, with Wilcox on Twitter about it. Yeah. Wilcox like, is having a good time on Saturday night to um, celebrate yeah. that one. And, um, yeah, that was that was awesome to yeah. see because uh, – That's really good to hear because that's they, they won't derail sh- their, their golf careers. It's, got, it's derailed like everybody before. Yeah, crazy. I know. And they're bright stars, man. Yeah, like the fact that we get to keep doing Siwoo stuff, but Sungjae, man, like literally there is a major coming his way sooner. Like the dude's so freaking good. Yeah. So, yeah, we almost buried that lead talking so much Ryder Cup, but wanted to bring that up. Uh, 9K range, I don't mind the SH Kim at 94. Uh, really good par four score. It's just a matter, like you said, the inconsistencies. He rates up pretty well on everything except his wedge play. So, if you can get the wedge play going, that's where you can go low for sure. So, don't hate that. But Dougie Gim is second in my model. So, a big fan of that. He's sixth in opportunities gained, third in the par fours, four to 450, first in proximity, one to 125. And he's first in good drives. So, he's always playing out of the fairway which is tremendous. So I like Dougie Gim a lot. And I'll give a shout to Adam Svensson. He's seventh in my model, 10th in birdie or better, first in 125 to 150. Uh, you know, he's 21st in good drives, which isn't too bad. He finished 54th here last year. Doesn't have great course history. 
Um, hasn't played since the BMW where he finished 15th, which was nice. He's 15th, 37th at FedEx, 7th at Wendland to finish the season. So it was his first event of the fall swing. So we'll see how he does. But at 9K, I think uh, there's some upside there as well. But it, if you're looking for guys that have been playing recently, might want to dodge that one. But I think Sven Sen is pretty nice. 8K range, you got Alex Smalley at 89, Hubbard at 88, KH Lee at 87, Hoagie 86. It's kind of weird Hoagie's down here in this field. Uh, Ryder 85, Griffin 84, Lee Hodges 83, D Thompson 82, Higo 81, and Luke List at 8,000. I have too many guys checked off in this range. Yeah, I like this range too. That's not be bad. Um, start with Hubbard, fifth uh, here last year, 54th in 2015, 51st in 2014. So he's never missed a cut here. Which is a good sign coming off a seventeenth, seventeenth. I don't know why I can't speak tonight. Seventeenth place finish at the Fortnite. Uh, KH Lee, um, you mentioned him before. Like he kind of fits the mold of this type of golf course. Uh, he's never played here, but finished fourteenth at the Fortnite. Now, before that, was not good. Yeah. So, it'll be interesting to see if he comes in with some better form. Sam Ryder. 45th here last year, four straight made cuts on tour, including that 14th place finish at the last event, the Fortnite. Davis Thompson at 8,200. He made the cut here last year, finished 67th. Coming off back-to-back top 30s, I think he's fine. Gary Kigo is is a guy that I really probably will would play too much of if I played a bunch of lineups. I won't play a bunch of lineups because I'm not a like I'm a single entry, three max type of dude, but. If I had a bunch of lineups, I would probably like Higo would be close to log button for me because it's weird the way he's coming in here. He's he finished third here last year. Coming in last year, he missed the cut at the Fortnite. This year, missed the cut at the Fortnite. Um, so it's not like the form was good coming in last year. And he, so he must like this place, is what I'm trying to get at. And those are the type of guys that I do like to play a lot of because the public won't necessarily be all over him. And then Luke List at 8,000, two of two made cuts here. Um, made his last two cuts on tour, WD at the Rocket Mortgage, made the cut to Travelers. So I, I think he's fine. I'm not a huge Luke List guy. I'm not like uh, a lot of people like love playing him week in, week out. I'm not, I'm not that guy, but I would play him this week. Yeah, a fun range. Um, Alex Smalley is first in my model. Oh, God. Yeah, <laughs> second in approach. First in opportunities gained. 10th in proximity, like just ridiculous. What is putter just on. trash or what? Pretty much is what it uh, looking at it, the stats here. Yeah, putting 121. 121. Mm. That's what it is. Um, That's a least, great GBP play, though. Yeah, and he hasn't played since the St. Jude, where 65th, missed the cut at the Wyndham. So coming in, he's taking quite the break here, which kind of makes me slightly nervous. But, um, you know, a missed cut here last year, 31st the year before. But in the, towards the end of that season swing there before the playoffs was playing really good golf. So he is, I think, a really good tournament play at 8900 bucks. I have Hubbard checked off. Always like Hubbard and Birdie Fest. We say that all the time. KH Lee's 105 in my model, and I love that because that might steer people away. I think he's a great, great tournament play. Sam Ryder's third in my model. Uh, the, the, the thing deterring him is driving distance, but you don't need that here. You mentioned his recent form and how he's played. I like that a lot. With him, he's fourth in, or seventh in the par four scoring, sixth in opportunities gained, third in approach. So that's what we want to see here. And after that, like Lee Hodges, Davis Thompson, 24th and 25th in my model. Davis Thompson is first in par five scoring. I think that'll bode obviously very well in this event. Luke List is ninth in my model. I like him a lot. And then I'm glad you mentioned Higgo because I had him checked off as well. Um, he's a guy I was playing a ton last year because even towards the end of the season, miscut the window, but at 13th to 3M. 3M is another, again, comp course to this course. Um 
he's always risky. There's no doubt about it. And you mentioned it, like miscut the Fortnite, finishes third last year, miscut last time at the Fortnite. But he's got that total, like he can win it all upside, which I love in tournaments, like you mentioned. So 8100 bucks. I have Garrett Higgo checked off as well. 75 to 79, who you like in here? Yeah, Mackenzie Hughes at 7,700. Obviously, the defending champion has made his last two cuts on tour. Um, I mean, he's not been great otherwise, but definitely the course history there. Sam Stevens, 7,700. Has never played here, but um, two straight cuts made. Fortnite, St. Jude. uh, Before that was 10th at the 3M. So that's a pretty good sign there. Nate Lashley at 7,500. 61st, his... Lone start here last year and uh, has five straight made cuts on tour. So pretty good price there on uh, Nate Lashley at 7,500, I think. Callum Terran uh, is another guy who finished 13th here last year. Seventh at the Fortnite, miscut Wyndham, 13th, 3M Open. And that's it. Yeah, this is a, an interesting range as well for me. I'm starting with uh, Dylan Wu, 21st in my model. He's uh, one of the best putters in the field, actually. It's just a matter of staying in the fairways. He's had an issue, 96 in the field uh, with fairways, uh, good drives, I should say. But uh, finished 14th last week. He finished at 51st to win them, 5th to 3 I'm open. So, Fortnite, 3M open, if you're believing in that thing. 67th here last year. So, I think Wu is very interesting at 76. I like Streelman at 76 as well. Uh, 12th in my model. He can play these types of courses just fine. He finished 56th the Fortnite last last week or last well, two weeks ago, whatever it was. Second at the 3M Open is what we want to see. His last three events here: 24th, 31st, and fourth. So I like that quite a bit for Streels at 7600. Lashley at 75. I think that's very interesting as well. I think a fun tournament play is Grayson Sig. He's uh, 17th in my model. Very good par five score. Uh, 25th at the Fortnite uh, last couple weeks ago. Ninth here last year, so I think he's got some GPP appeal. Love the Calentarium call. He's eighth in my model, surprisingly. Enough. So he, he rates out well. And then the other guy, um, we'll get to him in a minute. That's it for me in this range. What do you like from seven to 7,400? Yeah, there's uh, a few guys here, especially at 7,400. Nick Hardy, um, fifth here last year, but coming off a miscut at the Fortnite. Again, that doesn't really necessarily translate to good or bad or being bad at this event. It's, you know, as mentioned before by Higo, uh, Eric Van Ruyen, um, 7,400, three straight made cuts for him, three straight top thirties to two top 16s sprinkled in there. Uh, he is completely boomer bust Peter quest. Uh, I mean, if you're a, a regular listener of the show, you know, Sam Stevens, Peter quest, just guys that we play week in and week out, especially in these shit fields. Carson what Young. Told, it's, what if I, what if I told you Peter Quest is number one in driving distance in this field? Is he really? Yep. Bomber, dude. Bomber. And the thing is, he looks like he reminds me of like JT size. Yeah, he is from what I remember. Yep. At the uh, the only time I've ever seen him on TV at the uh, Barbasol. Yep. <laughs> Sounds about right. Uh, Carson Young, seventy seventh here last year, nineteenth last time out at the Fortnite, and then uh, the Wyndham. He finished sixty seventh. So I think that's a fine price on him. And then last but not least for me in this range, Matt Neesmith, ninth here last year, uh, coming off a miscut at the Fortnite. But, you know, it, it, Matt Neesmith, better better golfer than 7,000 in this field, in my opinion. Great course history. So that, that stood out to me a lot with him. Uh, for me, at 7,400 bucks. Nick Hardy at 74. It's uh, pretty much like a strictly 
Um, course history play, fifth year last year, 26th the year before. Not He's rate 68th in my model. The guy I was going to mention before I stopped myself, Ches Reeve, big fan here. 11th in my model. He's first in approach, first in opportunities gained, fifth from 1 to 125, second in good drives. Driving distance and putting are his issues, which you don't need driving distance here. And, you know, luck box putting can happen with Ches. We've seen that many times. He has missed his last two cuts here. That is a bit of a oopsie. But 66th to Fortnite, 27th to Wyndham, where his last two events he's played in. I think he's just striking the ball really well. If he can get the putter going, we got a chance with Ches. Um, another guy I'm going to go to here, and it feels probably dumb and I'll get laughed at, but Grayson Murray at 7300 bucks is interesting to me. He's fourth in par five scoring, 16th in par fours, four to 450. Recently won on the Corn Ferry. Um, kind of seems like he's kind of getting his act together, which is interesting. Last PGA Tour event he played was the 3M Open, finished 57th there. Um, played Last time he played here was in 2021, finished 53rd here. I think Grayson could be an interesting tournament because, A, no one likes Grayson, so they don't play Grayson. So you get low ownership at 7,300 bucks. something I'll uh, have my eyes on. Hayden Buckley at 73. He's 31st in my model, 6th in the par 4 scoring. And we look at course history here. Um, Hayden Buckley, 19th and 4th the last two years. Uh, I like that quite a bit with Buckley. 52nd of the St. Jude. That's the last event he played it on the PGA Tour. After Buck, you got like Chad Ramey at 72. Troy Merritt plays well here. And uh, he finished 7th at Fortnite last week. He's 72. Malnati's got great course history, but his form is horrific right now. Um, the other two guys, I'll, or a couple guys I'll mention here. Carson Young, you hit on him. Just had to mention it. $7,100. Too freaking cheap. It's not cool. Not cool at all. Marty Party Laird's coming in in decent form if you're feeling frisky. But you got some 7K fun. I had Neesmith highlighted as well. But you're talking course history, CT Pan at $7,000, um, 67th, 11th, and 12th the last three years here. That stood out for me. And then Zach Blair has missed his last three cuts here, but we talked about Blair at the Fortnite, and he's coming in. He's a different golfer right now. 52nd at the Fortnite, missed cut at the Wyndham, 13th at the 3M Open. He's $7,000. He's 38th in my model, 11th uh, in 125 to 150, 17th in par 5 scoring. Driving distance is a deterrent. Again, not a big of an issue here. Saying Blair at 7,000 is pretty fun as well. Who do you like in the 6K range? Yeah, uh, 6,900, Will Gordon, um, 30th here last year. Three straight miscuts on tour. They finished 25th at the Scottish miscut, John Deere. 74th, Rocket Mortgage. I mean, it's like just never know what you're going to get with him, but I think that's probably a little bit too low of a price in this field. There's other guys like you know, Russell Knox, Ryan Moore, there's a kind of boring Charlie Hoffman, Jimmy Walker, boring dudes. Let's go with Trevor Cohn, 45th here last year, two straight miscuts on tour. Matthias Schwab, miscut here last year, but 11th his last time out at the Fortnite. Um, Hank Lebiota, 6,500. Played well uh, the last time out too at, at the Fortnite, at, you know, 19th there. So, yeah, I don't know other than Will Gordon is about the only guy that I would be willing to really play down here, I think. Don't hate the Will Gordon calls. Hey, Trey Molnix, 6900 bucks. Miscut your last year, fourth the year before. That uh, would be a guy of interest for me. Um, Russell Knox actually rates out well. He's 6800 bucks. Uh, he's 38th in my model, but you look at like recent um, 24th, 29th here the last two years. If you can get 24th or 29th at 6800 he finished 30th at the Fortinet. So Russell Knox would be a guy at 68 to look at. Henrik Norlander, 
not coming in in great form at 6,700 bucks. And at this course, 24th, 4th, and 4th the last three years. That's pretty strong course history for Norlander. Again, miscut last last time out. Miscut at the Wyndham, 57th of 3M open. So the form is a bit sketchy. But, yeah, there's a couple just like, I had Schwab down here at 65. Yeah I, yeah, I don't like it. I'm trying to stay away from most of this if I can. All right, recapping things. 10K and above, who do you like? I'm going to say Aberg if he plays, Cole if he doesn't. I'll say Emiliano Grio for me. 9K. Gim. Gim is the right answer. I'm going to go with you on Gim and not get cute. 8K range. Higo. That is fun. You know, the number one guy in my model I should probably pick. That probably makes the most sense. <laughs> um, I love the Higo call. I will go with um, Puta. I'll go with... I'll go with Sam Ryder, even though he's not number one in my model. He's third in my model. Uh, 75 to 79. Uh, Lashley. I like that. Where's the guy I had circled here? Give me Dylan Wu. No, no, no. Give me Kevin Strillman. Give me Strillman at 76. 7K to 74. Eric Van Ruyen. Your boy. Stick with your boy. Um, I'm going to go with Carson Young. And then 6K range. Will Gordon. Will Gordon. Um, You'll go Will Gordon. I will go with Russell Knox to be a little different there. All right. If you're playing cash this week, who are you starting out your cash lineups with? I mean, uh, I, we know Jesse's I thoughts on this. Know. Hubbard, Ryder, Hughes. Yeah, Hughes isn't bad. I'd say Hughes, Ryder, and Streelman for me. That's where I'll start. But tournaments, this is a tournament field. Um, like we talked about Fortnite, there'll be a lot of 6K guys, low sevens, that'll be up towards the top when it's all said and done. So just be well aware of that. Who do you start your tournament lineups out with? Yeah, I like Gim, Higo, and uh, Carson Young. I'm going to go Grio, Higo, and Young is a great call there, actually. I'll go Grayson Murray, a little different. Grayson Murray. All right. You have to dig. You have to find them, but the lines are there for the Sanderson Farms on DK. took me a second to find them. Um, Aberg's still here at 11-1. to 1. And You got Jaeger at 18, Cole at 20, Grio at 25. Who do you like to win this thing? I fucked up and didn't log in and had this all set up before. It's Jager's legal at- to bet in the state of Kentucky now, though. I know. How's that going for you? Uh, well, so they it's, it's really been fun – in the aspect of like, they just want to give you money. Like they just want to give you bets. They want to give you money and these free bets and this shit. So, so far it's been all right, but I've been kind of floated by, uh, you know, like if Kentucky scores one point in the game against, you know, uh, Florida, then you double up. So, you know, that type of shit. Um, Aberg at 11 to one is egregious. Okay. Let's say Steven Yeager at 18 to one. Insane. You know, I mean, like back like three years ago, they would have been at least double these numbers, at least. Yep. So, with that being said, uh, Higo at forty, um, Gim at forty-five, and mm, I mean, Luke, it's hard Luke to click on these. Fifties actually won before. So that's it. yeah. I mean, that's. That's an option. Yeah. I mean, at 50 to one, that's not terrible. Quest at 65. Ches Revy at 80. I don't hate that. I was looking at Revy Strillman at 65 is a little interesting to me as well. 
I think Stroman is that veteran that can surprise some people once in a while. Yeah. Um, uh, th- this is definitely, I think we say it every year, especially in the fall swing. This is a T T twenty paradise kind of thing, like Doug Gimmett plus one ninety to T twenty, Higo plus one ninety to T twenty. Um, you got your Hubbard at plus two ten, List at plus two twenty. Like Dylan Wu even at two thirty, but like Streelman at plus two sixty to top twenty. I'm a fan of that. Reby at plus two eighty to top twenty. Love that. Um, those are kind of numbers that I'd almost rather do stuff like you know go pick five six like Carson Young plus three sixty to top twenty. Dude's been dealing. I think that's a a fun one. I'd almost pick you know five to ten top twenty guys and go go have some fun this week and <laughs> see, see what happens. Personally, but I can see it. We'll see. But all right, Jesse, final thoughts. We don't have the Ryder Cup for two more years. We got the President's Cup uh, up in, uh, I think it's what, Toronto or something, which should be interesting. And um, yeah, any final thoughts on uh, the Sanderson Farms? No. Yeah. Yeah. Nothing. That's fair. That's fair. Good luck. Um, live, live Miami's in a couple of weeks, their season finale. We'll see who's there with Team Smash and uh, see how that goes. I'm looking forward. I saw a bunch of rumblings after this week, and I hope, I hope it happens with the merger. I don't think it ever will. I think he's blackballed. But Phil Mickelson captaining Beth Page's team would be freaking electric. That's all I have yeah. to say. That would be glorious. But lots of long ways down the road. But good luck this week at the Sanderson Farms. If you have questions, Jesse's on Twitter at DFS Golf Gods. The podcast at always press DFS. I'm at BD Intric. This is your 2023 Sanderson Farms preview. Catch you all later. Oh,